to be uh, missionaries in, I didn't write it down, I did, Franca, Francophone Pacific. Is that right? Okay. And so we, you can give through that offering basket or you can give on Church Center using the gift tab or you can text 84321 and keyword is gift. And so you can participate in that. But they are going to come, and they're going to share what God has done in their lives, the transition that they're under. Nathaniel and Janae have served in Rapid City at First Assembly of God as youth pastors for the last 10 years, just about 10 years. And they have served well. They have served our district well. Uh, they have done more than just serve uh, a job description at a church. Um, their heart is to serve people everywhere that they go. And they are in a transition mode. The Lord is moving them from Rapid City to another area of ministry. And they're here today to get us to partner with them in prayer and in finance. And so when I prayed today for not just information, they're going to give us a lot of facts and information. But what I pray is that God produces a partnership in our hearts. Okay, it's easy to just write a check every month, but I want a partnership. I want people that are going to stand with them and are going to be able to say, God, wake me up in the middle of the night when they're in a crisis and you need someone to intercede for them. Bring them to my mind when they're going through something and they don't have a solution for and that put them on my heart so I can partner with them. And so that's what I believe is going to happen over these next few moments. So I'm not going to take any more time from them. Would you welcome Nathaniel and Janae Mullen as they come today? Thank you, Pastor Tom. It's great to be with you, church, today. I have my wife here helping me this morning. Uh, we're going to first share a little bit about uh, what we're going to be doing, kind of how we came uh, about this call to missions, and then uh, afterwards I'll, I'll preach a message for you today. And so uh, this is my wife, Janae, and uh, we're the Mullins. And uh, we, we have a picture here that we brought. For we have all of our kids. and Isabella is our 18-month-old tornado is what I like to call her. I picked her up last week from the church around the nursery and they're like, she's really busy, isn't she? And I said, thank you for validating my insanity. Yes, she is. She loves to, she's really sweet, but she loves to climb everything and tear everything apart. So life is really busy right now with them. As Pastor Tom said, we've been youth pastors in Rapid City for the last 10 years and we are just, we've been so blessed. We never want to leave. We loved our time there. We loved our pastors and our family and our friends there. Um, we we're very involved with the district events, and we've seen many of your faces at different things, whether it's camps or conventions or, or whatever. Uh, but every August, one of the one of the events that we would go to is our National Fine Arts, and it's a traveling event. And this year, it happened to be in Orlando. This last year, and we we took 22 from our church. We flew. We rented a couple vans, and uh, you know, we we went there mainly to to take the kids to our evening services with thousands of people in the room. Uh, having incredible uh, response times with incredible speakers, nationally known uh, speakers, and just for these kids to get into the presence of God and to hear what God wants to do for their lives. Every year there's a, a, a time, a Wednesday night service, that is specifically a missions-focused service. And every year, my wife and I uh, would go and respond uh, at this service, say, God, we have a heart for missions. We don't know when, uh, and we're not necessarily looking to leave now, but we're just saying, God, we're open. And would you speak to us? And, and this year was no different. Uh, but there was a guy by the name of Brian Webb that spoke. And he spoke a very uh, strong message about how hard missions is. 
And uh, at the end of that message, I felt, okay, Janae, I think we need to go forward to the, to the altar and let's respond again. And so he came and asked me, he's like, are we going to go forward? And I was like, nope. Because <laughs> the video that he showed, and as he talked about it, it was all about how hard missions is and how it's really hard when your kids get sick and there's no hospital. And it's hard when you're raising your kids away from your family and all the difficulties of being missionaries. And I didn't want to go forward until I had fully counted that cost and until I, I, could, mean, um, I could mean yes. In my mind, like we always knew missions, and in my mind, missions looked like Central America where they speak Spanish because we speak a decent amount of Spanish, and it's safe, and it's happy, and they have good, you know, good food. And in my mind, in my heart, that's what missions looked like. And what this, this guy was talking about, what Brian was talking about, was nothing like that. This was the far ends of the world, um, and I was, I was terrified, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, um, so at the beginning of that service that we, what I asked Janae, let's go down to the altar, um, we got a text message from Heather. Many of you know Pastor John. He's my younger brother. What do they call that? Irish twins. I think we're 13 months apart. Um, uh, Pastor John's wife, Heather, texted us, and uh, they were in prayer in Aberdeen, and Pastor Drew, what's that? The week before. Yeah, the week prior, uh, Pastor Drew and, and, and this prayer team were, were all praying together. And during this prayer time, Pastor Drew leans over to Heather and says, hey, Heather, are Nathaniel and Janae, are they called to missions? She's like, well, yeah, that's kind of common. We, we've, we've all known that. But he said, I'm just sensing that the Lord is, is right now, that this, this word is really strong for them for some reason right now, that this is going to happen soon. And so she held on to this information. And Heather, she's an amazing, amazing lady, she texts us, she messages us on Messenger, puts it between me and Janae, and we're right at the beginning of the service. I get the message, I read it, and then I listen to this whole message thinking, wow, I think this God might be trying to speak to us right now, and that this is the time. But Janae, she she didn't have a clue. She didn't she didn't read it before the service. So when I told her let's go down to the altar, she was like, nope, nope, I'm good. So we ended up meeting that next morning with a missionary who had spoken, and as we listened to his heart for that area of the world, um, just everything he said really lined up with our giftings and what God has our life experiences. And over the course of the next month or so, we put out a few pleas where we're like, all right, God, if you really want us to go, and every time God just answered, and we knew that, yes, we were supposed to go, and yes, we were supposed to go next month. So Yeah, yeah. so we set up uh, a meeting with Pastor Craig, who we've served for nine-plus years, almost ten years, the day before Thanksgiving it would have been. We love them. We l- they're like our parents, um, you know, and they, they've, they've just been nothing but good to us, nothing but a blessing to us. We've loved serving the church Um in Rapid City at First Assembly there for, for so many years, and it's been very fruitful. It's been very rewarding. And uh, that was probably the hardest thing for me and for us, actually, is to share that God, I, I think, might be leading us on to do missionary work. And uh, that, that was a lot of tears and a lot of, a, lot of, a lot of prayer that went in before we had the guts and the ability and the feeling like God had led us to that point, confirmation enough. It took us about a month to, to spit it out and, and talk to them about that. And so very soon after that, we had a meeting that we take every year with our whole staff. And Pastor Craig sat us down with the eight of us, and he said, all right, Nathaniel and Pastor Ben, Pastor Ben is our worship leader, um, they both have something to share. And this is where the, the story gets really crazy and what gives me hope um, and trust that this is really God calling us. We shared where God was leading us, and then Pastor Ben started sharing. And he said, back in May, God started stirring our hearts, and we knew that we were going to be leaving First Assembly and we've also been talking to Brian Webb, and we're also headed as missionaries to the same area of the world. And we were just um, completely floored that, that God was calling both of us to do that. 
we, we really didn't have any clue. We hadn't planned about it. We haven't talked at all. It was from all God. And when we sat across from each other, our jaws just like were dropping. And pastor was in front of us. He knew both of us could come to him separately a week apart. And uh, we, we all sitting there in prayer. And, and we just looked at each other like, you're telling my story. And, and it just, it, it blew our minds to see what God was doing in both of our families at, at the exact same time from the exact same church, going to the same place in the, in the world. And the, the one thing we didn't know is they, they had a really strong call to Tahiti and uh, Australia. And for us, we felt like, okay, well, we're supposed to go somewhere in this massive place called Pacific Oceania. And it's in, it's in Asia Pacific, but it's basically from Papua New Guinea all the way over to the eastern part of south of Hawaii. So it's a massive part of the Pacific Ocean. And we thought, well, God, put us wherever you want us, um, and we'll just trust that, God, you're, you'll, you'll lead us there. And our, our hope was that maybe somehow we could go to the same place. Like that was, oh, man, I've, I've already worked really well with Pastor Ben. He was the worship pastor at our church. Um, he became like a brother. We prayed frequently almost every morning throughout the week. So we've, we've grown together so, so closely. So it was, it was kind of a secretly like, oh, man, it would be so cool if we could do this together. And so we met with them. We met with the board. And, and really the vibe in the room was, it seems good to us and the Holy Spirit that at the same time from the same place, we should send you to the same place. And so that's what ended up happening back in March. Um, they, they confirmed and they, uh, they've approved us as fully appointed missionaries to Francophone Pacific. It's a Francophone means French speaking. So I, I had no clue what that was. I had no idea where French Polynesia was. But Francophone means French Polynesia or French speaking. And French Polynesia is a country. In fact, let me show you a map real quick. This is Pacific Oceania. It's an area in a Asia Pacific, and you can clearly see Australia in the upper right hand, uh, or sorry, uh, on the left side. And then on the upper right hand corner, you can barely see Hawaii. It's way up the top. And then uh, I, I've highlighted this circled area. If you go straight down 2,600 miles from Hawaii, you'll find French Polynesia. Um, it's a group of islands, uh, of 121 islands. And this country is called French Polynesia. And here's a close-up of many of the islands that make up this country. Naturally, they speak French and Tahitian. And one of the well-known islands is Tahiti, which is where the capital is, um, Papite, or Papiete, I think is how you say it. Uh, and then there are two other countries, uh, this last picture here. There are two other countries that speak French in the Pacific. And those are New Caledonia and Wallace and Katuna. You might... Uh, you might see us use the phrase Francophone Pacific. Anytime you see that or hear that, it's referring to all three of these countries because the long-term goal is to minister in each of them. We'll start in French Polynesia. So um, so really briefly, a little bit of the ministry that we'll be doing there. Um, we have some of these magazines on our table in the back, but this magazine was printed before we said yes to God, and our, our boss, Brian, he actually wrote it. Um, and when he visited that country, the president of the country met with him. And he said, our youth are dying. They're, there's sui a suicide epidemic. They're addicted. What can the Assemblies of God do for our youth? Um, and then they also took him to this island called Morea. And the church there has bulldozed the, they've bulldozed the land. And they said, we want a Bible school. We want to train up pastors and missionaries. Can you send us a missionary to, to help us do that? And so um, unbeknownst to us, like I said, it's God called the Lopers. And they're going to really help with church planting. Um, and then... They've asked Nathaniel and I if we would help with youth evangelism and starting a 
Bible College. And then there's also one other member of our team. Um, their name is Sutton's, and they have worked with addictions in the past. And so they will be starting um, programs to help the youth of this country. And so when I read this magazine, it was so crazy, like, to realize, like, God had called us, and we were the answer to, to the prayers in this magazine. Um, we were just super, super humbled by that. Yeah, um, one of the things is I will be pursuing uh, my master's degree because we're going to be working in Evans Bible College, and so anytime you work in upper education, you're going to need further education. I Both uh, Janae and I graduated from Trinity uh, with our four years, uh, and I, I, Lord willing, will be planning to continue my education there at Trinity with a, a degree in missional leadership, and so that's one of the things that I'll be starting this fall. Uh, but like Janae said, that there are a couple other families. Um, let's, let's put those pictures up uh, next. Uh, one more, if I can get to it. Uh, one more, one more. Keep going. One more picture. Keep going. There, this would be a picture of a family. There you go. Okay, this is Ben and Carly Loper. They are the worship pastors at our church. They're one of the families that will be going with us. And then the other family, next picture, these are the Suttons, and they're from Missouri area. So, Please be in prayer for our whole team as we will all be going to the same area in French Polynesia and working in different areas like Janae mentioned. Um, back in August when God called us, I really in my mind felt like we were going to go reach people that had never, ever been reached before. And God had really broken my heart. Like we grow up in America and we come to church every week and you turn on any radio station or pick up, you know, we have so much of Jesus. And yet there are people, a third of the world, a third of the world's population have never even heard the name of Jesus. And God had really broken my heart for that. And so as we, in March, when we found out we'd be going to French Polynesia, I was a little bit confused because French Polynesia is huge. There are, there's eight church, assemblies of God churches there. Um, they've heard the name of Jesus, but then as God started to speak to us and show us that we were going to get to start a Bible college and we were going to get to go and train pastors and missionaries to go out and they'll be able to go to these unreached islands where people have, they've never seen a white person. They, like, they'll be so much more effective in ministry than we ever could have been and we get to train them up. We get to train them. Um, and then... Um, 40% of the country is 24 and younger. So it's a very young demographic. That's why they were seeking uh, young youth pastors and BYDs at National Fine Arts. In the first place, they were thinking, well, how can we get our youth pastors that have been working here, how can we get them there to work with kids that are on the street? Many of the day, uh, there's a day, I think, in, on Thursday or Friday during the week where uh, kids are let out of school uh, like at noon, and then just the streets are filled with youth and teenagers with nothing to do. And so there's even even vision to maybe even start a youth center and create opportunities for these kids to grow in skills, but also develop spiritually as well, providing opportunities for daycare for those that, that have children um, and are in school. And so there's just the, the sky's the limit for what the potential is to reach our youth and to reach um, reach people for Christ. We just really feel like God has called us for such a time as this, and um, and that's where you come in. I love what Pastor Tom said this morning about not just not just writing a check every month, but yeah, waking waking you guys up to pray for us. You know, when our kids are sick, or you know, when when there's whatever is going on, that you guys would truly partner with us. I loved how he phrased that. Um, and we do really believe like like this is their baby boomer generation, and if we can reach this generation, this forty percent of their country that's under the age of twenty five, and train them up as missionaries and pastors to send them out to this whole area of the world, they could completely transform this area of the world. And so we would be honored if you guys would partner with us. Um, we have a table out in the lobby. You can come and talk to us. Please take a prayer card. Um, you can follow us on social media, Molin FM, Molin Family Missions, and follow us there. And like Pastor Tom said, just partnering with us every month. We have a cash.
ask what we have to raise, and then we have new partners that I'll give to us each month before we can, can get to these people. So, Yeah, we're about six weeks in, time frame-wise. Uh, we usually, missionaries usually spend about 12 months uh, or less raising funds. Uh, we're about six weeks into this, so we've been, we're traveling to different churches every week. Um, then we'll have about a month of training here next week in Springfield. Uh, but every Sunday we're going to be in a different church, speaking to a different place, um, so if there's there's connections that you might have, uh, we'd love to we'd love to connect with those people. Um, but uh, yeah, right now, Janae mentioned we're at uh, our monthly budget. We have to get to 100% before we can go to language school. And right now, I think we're at 19%. Thanks to God, praise God for that. Um, and uh, our cash budget is at like 52% currently. And so once those two budgets that are uh, at are at 100%, then they'll send us to France to to learn language. And so our family will move to France along with these other two families. And uh, we'll go to Tour France, I believe, uh, or English Tours France, and uh, we'll sp we'll spend about 12 months there, and then we'll go to the islands and uh, also learn another language called Tahitian, and we'll hire a tutor to do that. So that's kind of the time frame, uh, long-term goal for our family. Uh, hopefully by next May we'll we'll have our funds raised, and then we'll go to we'll go to France, and then after France we'll go to the islands for two years. We'll come back for a year, and then we'll be back to the islands for four years and it'll go in that cycle of being here for one there for four one and four so um that is a, a little bit about our family and our journey thank you for considering us and having us be here today thank you sweet hearts Okay. Again, thank you, Pastor Tom, Christy. Thank you, church, for having us today. It is a joy to be with you. And uh, today is uh, Pentecost Sunday. I don't know if you know that, but it's the Sunday that we remember and recognize uh, what happened in Acts chapter 2, uh, where the Holy Spirit came in a room like a wind, and, uh, and a fire and a flame rested on on everybody that was there, and people were filled with the Holy Spirit. And when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they started praising God in many different languages, all in one place. So many people were, uh, were, were touched by that because there were many others around them. When they heard, they said, wow, I can hear my own language being spoken, and they're praising God, and I, I understand it. And these guys, these gals, had never learned the languages, had never, never heard. This was a, a, a supernatural occurrence where the Holy Spirit enabled them to speak in another language. And we call that tongues. And when, when they spoke in other tongues, uh, sometimes it's recognizable like it was in Acts 2, and sometimes it's not. But on this Sunday, we recognize that the Holy Spirit came. And as the Assemblies of God, as an Assemblies of God church, we recognize that distinctive, that the Holy Spirit comes in power still today, we, we recognize that he still is moving today and wants to fill us and fill you and fill me today. If you've had an experience in the past where God has filled you, that's wonderful, but that's yesterday's news. What about today? Today, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Today is the day for you to be saved if you don't know Jesus. And when you become saved, that's when you have opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And today, that is one of my points I'll be talking about. 
Another one will be talking about salvation and needing to know God. Um, but I want to I just want to whet your appetite for that. Just realizing that the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit realizing that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. He wants to do something your, in your life today. And we're going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service to respond. And if if God is speaking to you and, and challenging you to come, we're going to ask you to come and pray. We're going to ask you to come and receive what God wants to do in your life and give you opportunity for that. Because there's nothing that we can pray magically. There's nothing that we can do super spiritually that is going to do it. It's only Jesus that baptizes. It's only Jesus that saves. It's only Jesus that wants to speak in this room. And he does it by his spirit, the Holy Spirit. Today is also an important day because many uh, there, there's an organization called A Third of Us. You can go to their website. Uh, today is the day that they're recognizing unreached people groups. Today is the day uh, annually that they do that. And one-third uh, one third of us is, is recognizing the, the many, many people in our world, many people groups, not just countries, but people groups within countries that need to know Jesus. And I want to challenge you today even to consider what God might be asking you to do to reach the ones that have never heard the name of Jesus in different people groups all around the world. And that might be a partnership with us. That might be a partnership um, with, uh, with missionaries that are going specifically to unreached people groups. That might be God challenging you to respond in some way, whether it's your family going or praying more specifically and intentionally each day for unreached people groups in our world. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 28 that we need to go into all the world, preach the gospel to all people, all nations, starting in Judea, going to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That was his last, Jesus' last challenge to us before he ascended and went back to his father. And then, of course, you remember later in Acts, he gave us his spirit. He didn't leave us as orphans, but he gave us his spirit in power to be witnesses so that we could accomplish the mission of God. And the mission of God is what? So that all can hear, so that all will know the gospel. And uh, today I want to challenge you. I, 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 was, I was like many of you, sitting in a pew, ordinary guy. And, uh, you know, I, I just had a desire to do something more with my life, feeling like, you know, I can go through the normal day of my life and, and not think too much about people that have never heard about Jesus. I can, I can just kind of do my own thing. I can work my nine-to-five job. I can do whatever it might look like. But that's when, when I responded and said yes to Jesus. Yes, I want to serve you. Yes, I want to be in missions. Yes, I want to do all this. God, use me however you want me to look like. Whatever you want it to look like, I want that to happen in my life. And so recently, Janae and I, we've sold everything that we own, pretty much. <laughs> and, um, you know, we, we're living in a camper at our church, uh, in the back of our church. And now we're hitting the road with our family. We've got three kids. And, you know, it's, it's a challenge. It's different. And it takes an incredible amount of trust in God that this is what he wants us to do. And today, I, I, the title of my message is this, Aggressive Trust. Aggressive Trust. And so... If you're taking notes, you can write that down. But it's concerning to me that we are seeing more and more signs that, that Jesus is coming soon. It doesn't take very long for you to just turn on your news and, uh, and, and see that this world is screaming, it's almost time. It's almost the end is near. And if you look in the, if, if you look in the Bible, it talks about all the things, si uh, wars, rumors of wars, all the increase of, of natural disasters, 
all of those things point to the fact that Jesus is coming soon. And the reality is that people will be separated from Jesus ultimately forever. Our motivation should not be simply for ourselves, for our loved ones, for our families. Our motivations as Christians should be for this, for that the lost will be saved. Because guess what? If, if your family knows Jesus, great. We'll, we'll be with them forever. But someday there will be thousands and millions and billions of people that will never enter the kingdom of God, will never enter heaven because we were too lazy, because we didn't see the need, because we weren't motivated past our own families and our own comfort. I am challenging us today to have an aggressive trust that is a cor- or a courageous trust that puts your life on the line for God to show up however he wants to do. And that looks different for every one of us. God's calling each one of us. I was just, Janae and I were just sharing in the kids' church that God has a purpose and a call for every single one of our lives. We can either be on mission or off mission. Is your life on mission or is it off mission? And when you have this aggressive trust, it, it just, it wipes it out and says, God, you know what? Use me. Do whatever you want. My finances are, are yours. My time is yours. My family's yours. My everything belongs to you, God, and it's, it's for your kingdom. I want to look at Daniel chapter 3. If you want to turn in your Bibles, if you have an electronic device, that's great. Um, but go ahead and t- open your Bibles up. So that's a great thing to do. Turn to D- Daniel chapter 3. It's in the Old Testament towards the end for those of you not turned to Daniel in a while. It's not a frequent of mine either, but it's got some great stories. Um, this passage in, in Daniel uh, we're, we're jumping to is from the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So as many, many of you know that story, where these, these three Hebrew boys were in, were in captivity, and they were asked to bow down before an idol, and they said, no, we're not going to do that. And uh, they, the king, remember, he said that well, we're going to throw you into the furnace. We're going we're gonna to kill you. We're gonna, this is going to be your punishment. And uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were wise people. They were leaders among, the, among, uh, among their people, even though they were slaves. Um, they were given those names. They were ungodly, evil, uh, pagan names. Um, their original names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. In fact, our oldest son we've named Azariah, and it means God is my help. And uh, let's, let's pick it up there, Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. It's on the screen for those who don't have a, a Bible or electronic device. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and, will deliver, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, We want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you've set up. One thing I noticed right away was that their incredible response and position to the king came from having a relationship with God, a relationship with their true king. They had already experienced God work in the past, and they had made up their mind to follow God before this law was ever made. These guys had had a history with God, which caused them to trust him in the way that they did. In order for you to have this trust that I'm talking about, this aggressive trust, it's, it's more than just a passive, okay, I, I trust that God's going to do this. No, it's a, it's a trust that it puts your trust in him intentionally 
in the morning every single day where you're living on mission and you're living on purpose, but it comes as a result of knowing God. And so my first point is, is this, it's um, developing this aggressive trust is to know him. Um, Psalm 91, 14 through 16 says this, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This knowing him is loving him. It's knowing what his heart longs for. It's abiding in his presence and desiring to be with him over all things. Those Hebrew boys knew the Lord and they were in tune with him. Remember what what was read there, that even if he does not, and let's go back to that, Daniel 3, 18. But even if he does not, is that our heart? Is that your heart? Even if God doesn't show up, are you going to trust him? Even if, if God doesn't rescue you, are you going to still do the right thing? Not bow down to the things of this world. In knowing God, they also had to deal with the issue of fear. Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? Philippians 1.19-21 For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of this spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but be, will have sufficient courage so that now and always as Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. And many of you know this verse, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So here's the deal. Whether we live or we die, we gain Jesus. You un understand that? Is that when we're living on mission, where we're living with this aggressive trust, whether we live or we die, we gain Jesus. Because by life, you're proclaiming him. By life, other people are knowing him. Because you're living, because you have breath in your lungs, somebody else is hearing about Jesus. By death, you get to be with Jesus. That is the way we need to live. That whether we live or we die, we gain Jesus and others gain Jesus as well. The second step is that we must be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Not, we can't just know God, but we need to be aware of the fullness and the, the giftings that he wants to give us. If there was something available to you, wouldn't you take it? Tools, things that you need for your life to live a life of righteousness and godliness. How many of you know that it is really hard to live a life for God every single day on your own, with your own ambitions, with your own motivations, with your own willpower? I've tried many times for exercise programs, and you start those at the beginning of the year. And how many, how many of you know that they'll, after about a month or two months, they, they actually take out all the extra exercise equipment that those people bring in because of those people that, with good intentions and good motivations. They go in there, and they, they sign up, and you just, life gets busy and becomes less and less of a priority. That's how our relationship with God is without the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can do something supernaturally. It's not a natural thing. 
for us to go to God and give him our day every single day and live for him on, on mission every single day. It is not natural for us to do that. It is natural for us to want to do whatever we want to do. That's why we need the super, supernatural power, the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In Acts 3 through 4, we find the disciples having recently been filled with the Holy Spirit, seeing a beggar born lame begin to walk. People began listening to their message, and many more got saved. The religious leaders had jailed them overnight as they discussed what they might do. And then in Acts 4, 7 through 13, it's on the screen for you. If they, oh, sorry, they, they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, by what power or name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man before you was healed. Jesus, the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. How many of you guys know that when you spend time with Jesus, there is a difference in your life? People can see the difference, and if they can't, maybe you need to spend more time with Jesus until they can. You need to have the Holy Spirit in you and upon you. Yes, the Holy Spirit comes in when we have salvation. When you ask Jesus to come into your heart, guess what? Jesus, the, the Spirit of God is living inside of you. But there is another event called the baptism of the Holy Spirit where the, where the power of God comes upon you and it gives you a boldness. It gives you power. It gives you an ability to witness beyond your natural ability. Acts 4, 23-31, it says this, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, they the, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. It's really important that we know God. It's super important that we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then the third step of, of this aggressive trust is that it requires you to be instantly obedient. That when God calls, when God speaks, when God asks you to do something, that you don't just sit on it and wait, but you put motion to your faith. You put motion to what God has called you to do. Uh, Luke 9, 23 through 24 says this. Then he said to them, 
Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. In Luke 9, 62, going on further in that chapter, Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service for the kingdom of God. Many of us understand that from being in a farming area in the, in the Dakotas, that when, you, when, you, when you're going down with your tractor, it's not, it's not time to go turn around. It's time to hit that field and get it done because guess what? Weather's coming, and we've got to get this field out. That's the way it is with the, with the gospel and the kingdom of God is that there are fields that are ripe for har- harvest. There are fields that need plowed. There are fields that need to be turned. There's fields that need seed. What part of that are you going to be a part of? Can you be a part of the reaping? Can you be a part of the sowing? Can you be a part of the sending? We, there, there's, of course, finances, but there's prayer. There's, there's strategic prayer that needs to happen for God to turn the hearts of people back to Jesus. And God may be asking you today, will you turn your heart to the Lord? James 2, 14 through 17 says this. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to be to have faith but no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister without clothes and daily food. Uh, uh, verse 16, if, if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? What good is faith unless you do something for the, the, the actual physical needs of people? In, in the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Yes, faith alone saves us. But what is faith without action? What is faith without, without us producing something for Christ? Fruit, fruit that lasts. 1 Thessalonians 2, 2 through 4. We had previously suffered and tr- been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know. But the, with the help of our God, we dared to tell you that his gospel in the face of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. 1 John 2, 28-29. And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. No longer do we have the luxury simply to have a, a timid faith or faith that doesn't produce anything. The darker the world gets, the brighter the light should stand out. The light, let's let the light of Christ shine in our hearts. Let's let, let the light of Christ shine brightly in Huron. Let's let it shine brightly in your place of work, in your family. Let's let the light of Christ come out. So that when the darkness tries to, to, to quelch it, the light illuminates the room. Matthew 24, 12 through, 20, uh, through 14. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. What are we going to be doing as a part of sharing the gospel to all nations, to all people groups, to every person who's never heard the gospel. What can you do? What can I do? 
but say yes to Jesus every single day, surrender our hearts to him, and have this aggressive trust that I've been talking about. If I could have um, our our media team, if you want to go ahead and put some music on, I'm going to conclude with a challenge, and we're going to give you an opportunity to come and pray. But I, I want you to internalize this. If I was just speaking to you in the whole room, in the entire room, I just, I'm speaking to you. And maybe God's voice is speaking even louder right now. I'm going to give you an opportunity. God wants us to know him. He has given us his spirit, and he wants us to be obedient instantly. He has already commissioned us to preach the gospel and make disciples in all nations. So what's the holdup? How is your trust today? Are we getting after it? Are you getting after that trust? Or has it grown cold? Has it grown faint? Maybe you're here today and you don't know God the way those boys in the fire knew him. You can today. Today's a day that you can know God. You can have a relationship with Jesus. He can come in and turn everything around in your whole life. The way a light comes on the room and you begin to see everything clearly, that's what happens when Jesus comes in. You might be stuck in fear today for any number of reasons. Today's your day to be set free from every fear, from every past thing. Maybe you gave up on asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and said, well, that's not for me. That's that's forever. I've, I've asked for many times for that, but I've given up. Today's the day to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Today's the day to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you had a baptism many years ago at a camp, and now you're, you've put on the years, and you haven't practiced, you haven't been in step with the Spirit. God wants to fill you with His Spirit today in a fresh way, and He'll turn, your, turn things around for you to give you the supernatural ability to live a life on mission for Christ. Maybe you, He is he's inviting you to ask Him again. Finally, maybe you are here and you know God has asked you to step out but you're struggling with instant obedience. Why don't you come and make it right with God and step out? I understand that you, this church has a prayer team, and the prayer team would love to pray with you about any of those things that I mentioned just now. But I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. If... uh, if you don't know Jesus, and you, and you couldn't say right now if, if, if the end of time were to be here or maybe, maybe your life came to an end right now, if you didn't know that you were going to heaven, if you didn't know that you had a relationship with God, and this might be your last opportunity, would you raise a hand and say, God, I, I want to be, I want to know for sure that I'm, I have a relationship with Christ and I want to go to heaven when it all ends. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Nobody's looking. Nobody's just me. I just want to know so I can pray with you. This is an opportunity for you. This might be your last shot. Go ahead and raise your hand. Maybe that's not you, but maybe it's been a long time since you sensed the presence of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, or maybe you need a refilling. If that's you, why don't you raise your hand right now? Nobody's looking around. Raise your hand. Say, yes, I want the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm 
looking for you right now. Where, is there anybody in the room that is willing to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And then lastly, this instant obedience part. I'm asking and challenging, is there anyone in the room that feels that God is leading you to do something? Or even as I spoke today, the Holy Spirit was speaking to you. And you feel like God is leading you to do something different in your life. Why don't you raise your hand right now? If there's something different that you need to do today, that you can't wait tomorrow, but you got to do it today. Let me pray for each one of those requests, and then we're going to give an opportunity for you to come for any needs, or if you want to solidify what God is doing there. Let me pray. Why don't we all stand in this room? Let's all stand as we close in prayer. Pastor Tom will come up here in a moment, but if you are if you are wanting prayer, we want to give you an opportunity to come down here to the, to the front, these black chairs with our prayer team. Um, and if you're watching online, we'd love to pray with you. Please uh, write in a message on, on whatever uh, platform you're on, and, uh, and our prayer team will also pray online with you as well. Father, we thank you that today we're reminded, reminded that this uh, uh, trust that we're talking about comes by the Holy Spirit. It comes by us having a relationship with you. It comes by just, uh, Lord, when you ask us to do something, to do it right away. I pray that today would be a day that we would not wait to be obedient, but we would be obedient right now, that we would do what you've called us to do right now, that we would be a part of the mission of God to reach the whole world, including our neighbors, including the ones who have never heard, but every part of this world that needs to be touched. We ask, God, that you would help us to partner with that, with the mission of God in whatever capacity, whether it's to give to missionaries, whether it's to increase our missions, giving to existing missionaries we've already supported over the years, whether it's going and responding to a call to be a missionary. God, whatever it is, maybe it's just local here in our in our jobs or in our in our places of uh, where, we are, where we go in the community, God. May we live intentionally and not be a secret quit Christian, God, but help us to have the light of Christ shine in our hearts. I pray that today, Lord, that you would save people, that you would fill people, and, Lord, that you would call people. In Jesus' name, Lord, we give you our lives and we surrender fully to whatever it is that you want to do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Thank you, Nathaniel. What a great challenge for us today. And I want to challenge you. The prayer team will be here for a few minutes after service. If you did not respond and wanted to or want to see them, please make sure you find one of us uh, before you leave today. I want to draw your attention to the tables in the back. Uh, I want to encourage you to stop there. There are prayer cards available. Um, partnership happens when you connect with the people we're partnering with. So please stop by the table out there. Visit with Nathaniel and Janae. Pick up a prayer card. Get some information about them so that the Holy Spirit can bring them back to your minds. We like to put some of ours on our refrigerator. In fact, some of them have been there so long that uh, the kids are out of the house, but they're still on our refrigerator uh, as young children. And so just a quick reminder to pray for them. And so uh, the offering baskets are back there as well. Um, the monthly commitments that we would like to make to global partners like these are a result of the faith promises that you give every month. And as we've talked about that over the last couple months, there is information also at the table in the back about faith promises. So please pick that up as well. And then offering baskets for today. If you want to participate in the offering that will go directly to the Molins, 
there's a basket for that, or you can use gift on the 84321, the texting, or you can actually use it on Church Center. Just choose gift from the drop-down menu. So, Father, thank you for the things that you've spoken into our hearts today. Thank you for the partnership that you're creating in our hearts between Restoration Church and the Mullins. And God, I pray that over the next months, as they walk through this season of transition, that when they are in need, whether financially or spiritually or emotionally, God, that you would find someone here that's standing on the wall watching with them, God, partnering with them for the, the vision that you put in their hearts. And I just pray for you would, you would direct each of us individually and corporately as a church, God, how we should partner with them during this season as we just ask for your grace and your partnership in our hearts today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, thanks for being here today. God bless you, you guys.